Very good. Good morning, everybody. Awesome to have you in the house. Happy Mother's Day to all our mums, grandmas, aunties, spiritual mums. Happy Mother's Day, Anne. Awesome to have you in the room. Um, just want to acknowledge too that Mother's Day can also be a hard time for people. So if you are doing it tough today, then we just really pray Holy Spirit's comfort just to wrap around you today. All right, I'm going to dive straight into it. Might just cut a few little things out so that you can get on with celebrating Mother's Day. Colossians 2 verses 6 to 7, let's dive straight into the Word of God. So then just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So good. Just skipping, skipping. All right. Now, a word God spoke to me back in December for this year was the word abide. Hadn't even had time to ask him, God, what are you wanting for me for this year? But he just said the word abide. If you do a wee word study of that word, it means to remain, to stay. It means not leaving, but continuing to, do, to be present. So this message this morning is just called in him. And to me, that word in him means just to be continually connected to Him, acknowledging Him as my source, living with a constant awareness of who He is and leaning on Him. Now, Bill Johnson, I heard him say it like this um, recently. He said, every person was created, once forgiven of sin, to live in a seamless connection with Holy Spirit. And that's like Jesus at his baptism. You know, we know that um, the accounts in the Gospels, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove and remained there. And it's that intentionality for us of walking with a dove on our shoulder, walking with the presence of the Holy Spirit. When we first give our lives to him, we believe in him. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The first step, believing in him. And our theme for the year is the cross. And to live in him, we first of all come to the cross. At our salvation moment, we make that choice to believe in Him. But as we continue to walk out our salvation, continue on in our journey, our choice is to remain in Him. And like Colossians 2, that verse says, continue to live our lives in Him. And there's so many incredible promises that God gives us as we live our life in Him. And Glenn has spoken on one of those recently. He's going to mention a couple. John 15, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. John 7, whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You see, life and fruitfulness are the results of living in Him, remaining in Him. You know, so why aren't we living this way constantly? What stops us? And there's a, probably a lot of things, but one of them is busyness. Now, I'm someone who quite likes to be busy, if I'm being honest. I work better with a deadline. I can be quite focused if I've got a deadline. And my family will know all about what that looks like when we go on holiday. So if we are preparing for holiday, now Glenn's got better at this. He's now pretty patient with me and understands. But it used to look like, okay, the car's all packed, all of that stuff is done. But then Glenn's out on the decking, pacing up and down and back and forward, coming inside. Okay, are we ready? Are we going yet? Pacing are we going to leave yet? 
while I was doing really important stuff, like mopping the floor, sending out the last emails that I might not have got to, sorting the mail, like if there was a few things, yeah, I, thank you for understanding, yes. Um, putting the mail and like just responding to things, um, just making sure everything's absolutely tidy because I love to come back to a tidy place. He gets it now, you just can't leave the house until it's all done. Hey, yeah, yeah, thank you, Bree. So busyness can help my productivity, but busyness can also be one of the biggest obstacles to being able to live our lives connected to him continually, to living our lives abiding in him. You know, our culture values independence, values achieving and accomplishments, and God wants that life of fruitfulness for us. But it has to be as we're connected to him, it is only through him, not on our own. And he's promised, you know, in his word he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. So he won't let us go, but our choices can alter whether we're feeling connected to him or not. So how do we stay in him? Now, Neville preached an amazing word back in January, January about abiding in him. So go check that out on podcast. But I just want to mention a couple of things. So let's just look for a moment at John 15. We're going to read a few verses from there. And it's interesting, when, as I was kind of like doing a bit of a word study on in him, looking for lots of scriptures on him. John, there is heaps in the Gospel of John and, and later on in the First John, Second John, Third John, there is lots and lots about in him, something that John must have really got. So John 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So let's pause just a moment there. There's two things that jump out. First of all, it says, if you remain in me. That's just what we were talking about before, just staying connected to him, treasuring his presence, treasuring our time with him, um, continuing to be present with him. And then it says, my words remain in you. So the Bible, the word of God, the things God says to us, just treasuring those things, mulling over them, meditating on them, constantly keeping them within us. It might be just a verse that you've kind of constantly got on replay in your mind, but really treasuring those things just to mums and dads for a moment, you know, how we do this can look different at different times in our lives. Like when I had uh, six-month-old twins and a three-year-old preschooler, preschooler, my time with God just looked like worship music in the background, um, occasionally just go as I'm hanging out the washing or like shutting myself in the pantry for a moment of time out for me, just, just saying the name of Jesus. I can remember one time in particular, I just said the name of Jesus and the peace that just settled on me was amazing. But as the kids have gotten older, it's got easier to spend more time and we can be more intentional. I think for me too, at times in the past, my time with God has looked a little bit like ticking a box, like read my Bible, tick, prayed, tick, just ticking off those things on the to-do list. But remaining in his presence means not leaving him at all throughout the whole day, acknowledging him in the mundane chores as we go about washing the dishes, acknowledging him as we're driving in the car to school or to work, inviting him into our day. Acknowledging him as we're about to step into a meeting that could be tricky, but throughout the day communicating with him, thinking about him, even just saying the name of Jesus. So back to John 15. As the Father has loved me, this is in verse 9, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. And it goes on, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So this is a big one, and we're just going to touch on this one. I think we're going to do a lot more on this later in the year, but to remain in his love actually looks like keeping his commands. It looks like loving each other. We aren't truly remaining in him if we aren't loving each other. And First John 2, he's, this is a heavy one. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Just going to leave that one to sit. It's a big one. We must live as Jesus did. Future topic. And I just want to share uh, another key on how we can remain in him. And it's something that I've possibly found the most helpful for strengthening my faith in him. It's so simple. It's so powerful. But not a lot of people are really good at this one. So let's, um, let's look at this. And we're going to start by looking at a really cool passage of scripture. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. I think we have the words up there, but I'm going to read it to you. Um, just follow along. Very powerful um, story of what Jesus did. On the way to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. They lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. What an amazing story. So it begins with those 10 men who have leprosy. Now that was like one of the worst diseases of their day. I don't know if you've read much about it. This isn't really a Mother's Day topic, but it attacks the body. It leaves sores, missing limbs, like fingers, toes, um, damaged, like whole skin, whole body. Yeah, and as the disease progressed, entire limbs could fall off. And there was the smell that went with that. Okay, we'll just leave that there for now. But the emotional pain of a leper would have been terrible. Can you imagine, like, get diagnosed with this? No cure in the natural, only supernatural um, power of God, but that person was removed from their family and community. There would be no contact, and as soon as they were diagnosed, there's no way that they would be able to have any physical contact. So there's no way to give a hug goodbye or a kiss goodbye. They're isolated from then on. You know, the local priest was a bit like a health official. So if a person was miraculously healed, they would go to the priest, they would check out their body and make sure that they were um, healed and then they would pronounce them clean, cleansed. And it would be fine for that person to go home to their family. So Jesus said to the lepers, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now at that point, they were still disfigured. They still had sores on their body. They may have had fingers missing, potentially a limb missing. They would still look down and go, whoa, I look the same. But they must have heard the miracles of what Jesus had already done. And so they decided to obey him and go and head off to see the priest. And the Bible says on their way, they were healed. Can you imagine that moment? Like put yourself in their position for a moment. Suddenly their skin looks clean. 
they might look down and go, oh my gosh, my fingers are all there. Maybe somebody was missing an arm or a hand and it suddenly appeared. They would have looked at each other and the smiles and the tears and the cries would have just been incredible in that moment. They would have headed off stunned and absolutely ecstatic. But one came back. He stopped himself in what must have been the biggest celebration moment of his life and he turned back towards the source. He put that reunion with his family. Can you imagine that? Like all you'd want to do is get home to your family. He put that on hold. He came back to the source of his joy and his healing. Now just a little quick word study because this is interesting. Um, verse 15 says, when, uh, one of them, when he saw he was healed. Now that Greek word there for healed means to heal, mend or repair. There's a different word used in verse 17 when Jesus says, were not all ten cleansed. This word means to remove the impurities or to purify. Um, to be cleansed was what the priest was looking for. So that's that part of it. But in verse 19, Jesus says to this man, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And that word well in Greek is the word sozo that we've heard before, which means saved, saved, healed, whole and delivered. So Jesus is not only pronouncing that he is physically healed, he is declaring a wellness over his complete body, spirit and soul. See, all 10 of those lepers showed faith. They actually went off before they saw anything. They, they went off to um, the priests. But Jesus specifically commends the faith of this one who came back in thankfulness. He hadn't been declared clean at that point. He hadn't had that confirmation, but he turned back to thank and praise Jesus. Because he did this, not only was his body healed, but his soul and his spirit as well. See, there's a connection between faith and our thankfulness. As we thank him for something he's done, our faith is bolstered, like it's strengthened. So God does something, we thank him. And that strengthens our faith. And as our faith is strengthened more, there's more to thank him for. And it just goes on and on, this continual cycle. And as we build these thankfulness testimonies, we're building our faith history in God and who he is for us. You know, thankfulness, I believe, is also a key to spiritual warfare. You know, we might be feeling oppressed. We might be feeling like we're comparing ourselves to others. We might just be feeling like we're in doubt. But as we release that thankfulness, it just shifts the atmosphere and builds us up as we bring to mind what he's done. And I also want to just encourage us as parents to use thankfulness as a key for spiritual warfare over our children as well as we're just praying for them, be thanking God, um, and be specific, like say something like, thank you God for that promise you spoke over their life and speak it out. Or thank you God for that moment when they were at camp when such and such happened. Thank you God for the vision that you gave us for their life when they were, I don't know, before they were born or when we dedicated them or whatever it is. Thank you God they're in your hands. Just thank him specifically for those things and just watch your faith begin to rise around them. Now the Bible talks about being thankful in all circumstances and that is pretty hard when you're in the middle of really tough stuff, when you can't see a way out. And thankfulness at that time or any time really is not about relying on our own strength, it's relying on who he is and it's relying on his grace. 
You know, we can thank him for his closeness. We can thank him for his faithfulness. We can thank him for his character that is always good. We can thank him for his presence. Psalm 28 verse 7, and some of you will have received that in your um, Mother's Day We gift this morning. And that um, was a gift that my niece um, Mackenzie did for each one of us. So enjoy those and you might want to put them up somewhere in your house. But Psalm 28 verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. So a key to remaining in him is thankfulness, every day giving thanks. And I've said this, some of you will have heard me say it before, but that's something that I did during COVID lockdown. That first lockdown, um, I found it pretty hard, just being honest. And so I set to memorizing part of Philippians 4, um, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow for you're united with the anointed one. It goes on to say, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him. So I did that, memorized that, getting that in my head. But I also did a daily thankfulness list. And I did that in my head, but you might want to write it down. And um, so now I'm in this routine that usually every day before I go to bed, the, uh, before I go to sleep, the very last thing I do is just list off 10 things in my head that I'm thankful for that day. Sometimes I'm asleep on number five or number seven, but I do this. And this practice just helps me to keep that being present in Him is the very last part of my day. So if that's all you take from this message, I encourage you, try it. Try it as a daily habit. Now here's a bit of science. Actually, Ben, can we just welcome you back up too? Bit of science, because so much is discovered in science that has already been spoken about in the Word of God. Um, even like in just recent years, so much is coming to light in science that God already says in His Word. Um, I read this during the week. Positive psychology and mental health researchers in the past few decades have established an overwhelming connection between gratitude and good health. Keeping a gratitude journal causes less stress, improves the quality of sleep, and builds emotional awareness. When we express gratitude and receive the same, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin, which are two crucial neurotransmitters that are responsible for our, our emotions, and they make us feel good. By consciously practicing gratitude every day, we can help these neural pathways to strengthen themselves. Science speaking the same as God's Word. So let's practice thankfulness, first of all to God, but also in our families. Like be thankful in your family, be thankful to your work colleagues, be thankful to those around you. It's powerful for you and it's powerful for them. And there's something quite beautiful and meaningful in being specific in our gratitude. So Colossians 2, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthen in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. As we live in Him, continually connected to Him, acknowledging Him as our source, just living in that constant awareness of His presence, there's a whole lot that we actually receive as well. Let's just stand up now, and I just want to speak some of these things over you. So many beautiful promises from God's Word. Will you just, just close your eyes if you'd like to and just focus on on the Word of God as I read it out over you. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. Somebody needs to know that today. You are not condemned. 
Anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame. In Him was was life and that life was the light of all mankind. In Him, all things were created. In Him, all things hold together. In Him, there is no darkness at all. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. In Him, we were also chosen. You were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. In Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. In Him, you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. Just continue to sustain in this moment. If you're really needing to know Him in one of these areas, then just gonna pray for a moment. And as we do that, you might just wanna put your hand on your heart, just say yes in your heart and just say, God, I receive. I receive that for myself. Holy Spirit, we just thank You for Your presence here in this place. We thank You that You are our source. You are the source of life itself. You are our everything. And God, as we come to You, as we just come to lean on You this morning, we just thank You for You pouring into us in every way. In Him there is no darkness. He is light. Father, for every person in this room who's just been feeling darkness around them, whether that's in an emotional or mental health way, God, or whether spiritually there's just been darkness, Jesus, we come to You as our source of light and we receive Your light, the light of Your life. And Jesus, over every bit of darkness, we declare, let there be light in Jesus' Name. Father, we thank You for Your healing and Your restoration and for light shining bright. In Him, all things are held together. He is holding your world together. Father, for every person who feels like it's falling apart, who can't see the end, who can't see the light of the tunnel right now, light at the end of the tunnel, Father, I thank You that You are holding them together, that You are holding their world together. And so Jesus, I thank You right now for your arms of love wrapping around them in a tangible way that they will feel your presence, feel your hand holding them together. And we thank you for that promise, God, that you never let us go, that underneath us are your everlasting arms. And God, I just release hope into those situations in your name, Jesus. In Him, we are forgiven and made righteous, holy and blameless in His sight, no shame. No shame, shame off you in Jesus' Name. Father, for every person that needs to know Your forgiveness, that needs to know Your cleansing, Holy Spirit, we invite You into those areas. We invite You in. The Bible says as we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Father, as we are confessing those things to You, we just thank You for the forgiveness that flows from Your heart that forgiveness and that righteousness through everything you've done, Jesus. 
so that there is now no blame on us, that we're made holy and blameless in Your sight. And I declare that over some hearts today that God sees you as blameless. Quit blaming yourself. Stop letting others put that blame and that shame on you. God is not doing that. I declare shame off you in Jesus' Name and I thank you, God, for your covering of majesty under which we can hide. In Him we are chosen, not rejected, but chosen. God, for any person in this room who's just been feeling rejected, in Jesus' Name, I declare that you are chosen, that you are brought near by the blood of Jesus, that He loves you with an unconditional, perfect love. It's not just not rejected, it's chosen. Holy Spirit, would you let that word sink deep into our souls that we are chosen, chosen by you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for your healing, for your wholeness over that. Father, I thank you too that we are in Him, we are enriched. That means made rich, wealthy, abounding in every way. And God, in those areas where we're feeling lack, whether it's in our soul, whether it's physically, whether it's financially, whether it's in relationships, God, I thank You that in You we abound. In You we are made rich. And so Father, as we just step closer to You, as we say yes to Your presence, God, as we just say yes to that, You being our source, not us, but You are our source. We just thank You for that flow, that flow of Your richness of glory, God, in every way that it is needed. And I thank You, God, in Him is life, abundant life. And so God, we receive Your life today. We receive Your abundant life, that life that overflows from us and into others. We receive Your life in body and soul and in spirit. And God, over every person in this place, I declare, be healed in Jesus' Name. Be healed. Father, I just thank You too, just for supernatural immunity over every person, God, as we're stepping into winter. I thank You for well-being. God, the Israelites under the old covenant walked through the wilderness. Their clothes did not wear out. Their shoes did not wear out. They walked in well-being. God, I thank You so much more under the new covenant of what You have done, Jesus Christ. And we just receive wholeness and well-being and life to the full in Your Name. And Jesus, we just say, we worship You. We thank You, God. We glorify Your Name, God. We just say, You are so worthy of our praise. You are so worthy of our thankfulness. God, we exalt You in this place today. We thank You that You are the source, that in You is everything, God. We acknowledge You as that. And Father, we just, we just say we love You. We love You today, God. Father, would You just help us to live our lives continually connected to You. As we go out from here and into this week, would You just continue to prompt us, prompt us on ways that we can live connected with You. Remind us, God, we don't wanna live our lives any other way, but remind us in the busyness, God, remind us as we're going about things, as we're facing things. Remind us that You are right there, that You're hemming us in in front and behind and You're laying Your hand upon us. In Your precious Name, Jesus. Amen.